From the creators of Circles of Faith, this is Slices of Life, where friends grow faith, enhance life, and build community together. Today, we're talking about marriage, specifically what we can do to drive our husbands crazy. And it's not what you think we mean. We mean crazy in a frustrating way. I'm Kimberly Amici, and I'm here with Elise Daly Parker. We're talking to Noelle Rhodes, who wrote about the five tried-and-true methods she's used to annoy her husband. If you're like us, you'll identify with a few of these yourself. So let's start off this episode like we do all the others and ask an in-your-words question. This week's question is... How are you and your husband the same? And then follow up that with how are you and your husband different? Elise, you want to go first? Sure. I'll go first. Okay. So I would say the way my husband and I are alike is that we both have a a real love for adventure. We love to travel. We love to go new places. Um, We've in our, it's at times really love to go um, hiking or also, um, you know, wonderful travel, um, or just even a day trip. We, we just, this weekend we were at a, um, Celtic festival. So we love to do that kind of stuff together. The way that we're different, however, is that when it comes down to the entertainment that Chris would choose, such as a movie or a play or, um, dance or something like that, his tastes are way, way, way out of the box for me. And like, some of them, I ha- I'm just, I, I have to say before he, before we go to something he chooses, I have to say, okay, please tell me more about this, this, <laughs> this show because <laughs> I am likely to hate it. And by the same token, Chris is like, you know, a fate worse than, uh, well, a, a form of torture for him. It's like <laughs> a romantic comedy that is just so not... <laughs> He's so not mainstream, like big screen theater kind of stuff for the most part, unless it's Father's Day um, where he always wants to go to an IMAX film. So, for example, we just went to on Father's Day Finding Dory. So there we could agree. But most of the time, oh, my gosh, terrifying. Some of the things he's tried to bring me to. (laughs) (laughs) How about you, Noelle? Uh, I would say that one of the ways that my husband and I are the same is that we both really love to laugh. Mm -hmm. So we love to go see a good stand-up comedian, or if we know something's funny, we just, we both love to laugh. And we've watched The Office probably like three times all the way through all the seasons. (laughs) And we laugh at all the same parts. We just love it. Oh, I love that. One of the ways that we're different, there's lots of ways that we're different, I would say that he's kind of more like much more of a risk taker than I am and I'm much more cautious. So, you know, he has been to the Amazon before and he just, you know, he's just more, he's just a little more wild than I am. So it's good because he gets me out there doing stuff I wouldn't do, you know, whatever do before. And I kind of, am like, that's not safe. We have children. You can't. No. (laughs) So, um, We balance each other out. Mm -hmm. That's great. So an area where my husband and I are the same is the area of hospitality. We really like to open up our home to others, to invite people over, to interact with other families, build community. In fact, we host a small group for our church, Mm. and we just really enjoy doing that together. And I'm thankful for that. He's an extrovert just like me. Yeah. And one of the areas where we're different is I like to try new things. 
And I think he does too, to a certain degree, but when it comes to eating out and going to restaurants, Mm -hmm. he likes to order the same thing off the menu. He wants to know that we have our go-to restaurants and every time we go, there's things that he likes. Whereas every time I go to a restaurant, I want something new. I want something I haven't tried before. I want the special. I want something that I would never make for myself at home. And so I spend a lot more time looking over the menu, making sure that I pick the, the best possible choice Mm-hmm. for myself yeah. when I eat, unlike him. And it drives him a little nuts because he doesn't understand. Why don't you just pick the same thing? You know what you like. Yeah. And then and then if I were to pick the same thing that I had the last time I was there, after I've spent a lot of time looking at the menu, he, he completely doesn't understand that. He's like, I told you, just get what you like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, maybe he's not a foodie. I mean, you know, that yeah. could be part of it. Yeah. No, he likes good food. He likes cooking. He likes me trying new recipes at home. I just think there's something about the predictability of going to the same places and getting the same thing off the menu because it's what he knows. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) That's great. Noelle, you wrote a piece for Circles of Faith that had to do with husbands and wives, and it was titled Five Surefire Ways to Drive Your Husband Crazy. And this, I'd have to say, got a ton of traffic on Circles of Faith. And I'm pretty sure it's because of the title. Because yeah. probably most people that came across the title, whether on Facebook or Twitter, weren't really sure what it had to do with, so they clicked on it. Why don't you tell us what the article is about? Sum it up for us. Uh, basically, it's just uh, some tried and true methods of how to really annoy your husband in your marriage it's not tips in the bed or anything like that uh that's a different post that i haven't written yet but you know maybe never will write that post but yeah i um it's just kind of things i've observed in myself and in my own married life and i kind of picked only five because there's more than five i'm sure but ways that you really um can be an unpleasant person to be married to. Okay. And I don't think these are specific to you. I think these are things that everybody can identify with that we've all found ourselves doing. Wouldn't you agree, Elise? Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm looking at the list of the five and it's like, yeah, that's me too. Good. I'm not alone. (laughs) No, you are not alone. You're not alone. All right. So start us off with number one. It says be content with everything. Yeah. I mean, that's a great way to really annoy someone that you're sharing life with is to constantly be discontent with your life. Uh, you know, and it's not, it's not like these isolated moments where there's things that are genuinely maybe disappointing, but it's that kind of attitude, a consistent attitude of being like, well, I'm not happy with my job. I'm not happy uh, with our house is too small. We need a new car. You know, we don't have enough friends. You know, it's just this <laughs> looking, always looking for something to be wrong. Yeah. And communicating that. And I know for myself, I've done that so many times. And my husband's just been like, are you ever, is it ever going to be enough? Mm-hmm. Is that something, Noelle, like that you get into a habit of? Or is it something that's kind of spree- sprinkled throughout? You know what I mean? Like, I think it's I think it's sprinkled throughout. Mm-hmm. I think it can become a habit. One of the things I will say is that when I um when I'm not really connected to Jesus and finding my true contentment in him, I I can see myself spiraling into this 
this kind of pit of discontentment. Mm-hmm. And it's only really when I am connected to the Lord and my relationship with him um, is, I don't want to say strong, but it's there. You know, there's like, I'm daily encountering Jesus by reading the Bible, by praying, by just having that relationship. Um, then then uh, if I don't have that, I'm definitely like miss, you know, negative Nancy about everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think the tricky thing about this one is that there are times when I want to share something with my husband that I think needs to be improved upon. And if I've, if I'm in a season where I've been discontent, he can't hear what I have to say. Mm. And, yeah. then, and then it becomes frustrating Then I'm like, but shouldn't we be improving this? Like I'm pointing out to you something that's a problem that I think we should work on, but now I've already created this habit or I already have this habit and I've created this environment where it's all I do is complain. Mm. And yeah. so I yeah. think, I think there's a fine line between bringing something to the table and being and saying, I want this to change. I want to improve in this area. Uh, and then verse just it being something that's become part of our life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that one of the ways that we can kind of meet that is just, with an attitude of gratitude of what we do have. Mm-hmm. And then when you have that as your context, when you do bring things to table, it's, it's heard. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, I like what you said. You said, be sure to go over your discontentment list with your husband over and over and over again. <laughs> and so the point really is almost like, yeah, as you said, Kimberly, there's a place for us to say, listen, this is really um, something I'd like to change and having a discussion about it. Um, as compared to or as opposed to literally enumerating what I don't like and repeating it and then, you know, a couple of days later repeating it again. And I think, you know, I've certainly done that and that will absolutely annoy my husband. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just as bad, too, is letting him overhear you talking to somebody else about some of those things. Mm -hmm. Good. That's a good point. I've I've gotten caught doing that. I just feel like I'm just venting and I'm, I'm not venting to you. So it's not a complaint about you, but it's, it's still the same. They hear it and they read it and they, they feel it pointed towards them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's their life too, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. So compare yourself to everyone. Oh, this drives my husband crazy. Oh, well, who are you comparing yourself to? Oh, I, I, anybody, <laughs> anybody, anybody. Um, Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I've definitely and still do struggle with insecurity. I get intimidated. Um, But it's really more like when I'm like incessantly asking him, like, what he thinks about me compared to somebody else. He's like totally annoyed by that. He doesn't, you know, if I'm like, you know, do you think I'm a good mom? Like, she's a better mom. You know, do you think I'm like do you think I'm doing the things that I should be doing? Cause this person is doing the things that she seems to be doing. And he's just annoyed by that because he's like, you're you, you know? Mm-hmm. And also he, one of the things he always says to me is like, well, I chose you. Why are you bringing like this other person into this kind of mm-hmm. thing? Um, so yeah, I mean, that's just annoying. I mean, I'm yeah. Like I get annoyed hearing myself compare myself to other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yes. 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 I sometimes compare myself to people that I think 
I might be doing better in certain areas then, which is probably just as horrible. So there's been times when he's upset with something I've done and I'm like, well, you could be married to her (laughs) and you're not. (laughs) And she was so much more high maintenance than me. He's like, but I'm married to you and let's deal with what you're doing right now. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Which neither, neither of those scenarios are healthy at all. Right. So either way, comparing yourself is, is a lose, lose situation. Totally. Yeah. 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 Totally. Absolutely. (laughs) Gets you nowhere. (laughs) No, it really doesn't. And also it's such a trap for us ourselves because, um, either way you just, you're either trying to prove that you're better or you're trying to, deal with feeling worse. And, um, really it's, it's, it's again, um, Noel, I would say it, it's definitely when we're not plugged in to remembering who we are and whose we are and that we're loved by God and that he created us. And yeah, so interesting, um, to look at it through that lens. My husband likes to quote this um, phrase to me that our professor years and years ago said to us, and it was, if you compare and compete, you live in defeat. Oh, that's good. That's good. Of course, he always says that to me when I'm like, I'm not ready to receive that. But yeah, I mean, I think it is true. If you're constantly comparing yourself to others and competing with other people's journeys, you're going to always feel defeated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I typically do this with my husband when I'm fishing for a comment, which I'm fishing for words of affirmation. Yes. I need him to say something. <laughs> I need him to tell me I'm wonderful. Of course you're yeah. better than her. <laughs> you're the best. Yeah. Of course, honey. You don't look better than other friends. I mean, you do look better than other friends your age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lord. Uh, it's a trap for them, too, because God forbid they come up with the wrong answer. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. No, it's not. I, I See, I know better. I know that I'm not getting get the answer that I'm looking for, and not mm-hmm. in a negative way, but my husband is very, very matter-of-fact. And mm-hmm. so he oftentimes will respond to me with things like, it is what it is, babe. And I'm like, yeah. no, 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 you're supposed <laughs> to tell me I'm super beautiful. He's like, you are who you are. I'm like, no, that's not what I want. Like, <laughs> oh reading my the gosh. <laughs> yeah, that would, that would kill me. You are who you are. Like in the context of like, stop comparing yourself to others. And I'm like, it, it's like this, the very dry bones way of saying you are who God created you to be running your, walk in your lane, do your thing. Like, and I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I need you to say I'm really awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm better than everybody else. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I want to. Yeah, not even that. No, well, that's so true. Well, you can let's, let's be honest. It's not enough for us to be awesome. That, no, that's, no. A, that's a very good point. It's sort of that comparison thing definitely comes from a desire to be better than. And that just yeah. must be something in us because I think yeah. we all relate. Yeah. And again, only something that Christ can meet and fill yeah, in our life. Absolutely. 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 All right, so this one we could all do something about. We've talked about this one over and over again. Overschedule every second of your life. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a, a huge problem for us. I do this all the time. I overschedule my life and our family life. I I overcommit. Um, I have people... I mean, we both really like having people over, but... Um, I kind of don't have good boundaries sometimes. So I'll be, if I'm having like a really busy week and we just need to kind of pull back a little bit, 
I still will, you know, host the three dinner parties and a birthday party and <laughs> graduation. I just and and honestly, this has been this has been a big deal because um, I've learned that me keeping our schedule so packed full has really communicated to my husband that he is just not that important. Mm, that's good. Even if he is involved in these activities, um, he just, it's like, you don't, I remember him once saying to me, you you, have, you will schedule tons of time for everybody and you'll give them, you know, all your attention and you put yourself out there 100%, but I get the leftovers. Mm. And um, that's been really eye-opening for me. It's something that we've had to work through and kind of get to the root of, you know, but I know for him, you know, quality time is a way that he really feels loved and cared for. And I got to I gotta make sure that our schedule uh, not only has room for that, but that it, it gets priority. Right, right, right. And that's and to say nothing of the fact, I don't know if this is true for you, Noel, but I know I've I've been I've had the busyness syndrome, that's for sure. And it, it really um, stresses me out. So everybody gets not only less of me, but when I am involved with them, whether it's my children or my husband, I'm a stressed out version. Yeah. That is just awful. It's just wreaks havoc. They get so, the worst version of you. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty pretty much of a double whammy. They don't get enough, and then they get ugly you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I even find within my own day that I need to not overstress myself within a day. Yes. And because, or take time to kind of de-stress so that when my husband comes home, I'm not done for the day. Yeah. That I need to save some something for him. So um, I find that so interesting what you said about overscheduling and that your husband was able to convey to you exactly how it made him feel. But it's so true that when I've put all my energy into the kids and we've had such a jam packed day, I mean, every once in a while, especially during the summer, it's okay to have a completely full day where you've just maxed out on the fun that you could have. And then maybe you're tired when it gets home, but to be that way every day and for it to become a consistent thing mm-hmm. eventually becomes a problem. Yeah. All right, so number four, take him for granted. Let's talk about this one. Have you ladies ever done that? <laughs> Never. <laughs> I always appreciate my husband to the utmost. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I wrote was about how, you know, take him for granted and don't include him in any major decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely for us. I mean, you know, we have a child with special needs and I tend to be the one that drives in the lane of like finding out the best therapies and I have a good handle on his IEP and all that stuff. But even still, I need to like talk to my husband about the decisions we're going to make. And there's been times where like, I've just, I've just like, you know, called shots because I'm the one that's making the phone calls, you know, and really Troy needs to be involved in those decisions and so, you know, like, we've had to learn that I can kind of take over a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, okay. yeah. And, I mean, he's pretty he's he's pretty loud, too. So that just to show you how loud I am. But I've had to really be like, well, what do you, you know, this is what I think. This is what I, this is what I researched. Um, 
but this is a decision we have to make together. And when I don't do that, it, it really shows I'm taking him for, for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's tons of ways that my husband serves our family. He is absolutely incredible. The things he's been able to do for us. And I really, I just don't take the time to, to say that to him, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like there were busy seasons in our lives where my husband would work late and it would be for months at a time, you know, like certain times in our life. And I got used to making a lot of decisions without him mm. and used to not including him in things because he in that season was just not available. And we weren't figuring out how to make decisions together. And for the most part, he trusted my judgment. So it was like, yeah, you run yeah. with that, babe. You know, like this is a busy season. I just got a new job or I just have a new boss and now I've got to start over and prove myself. And so where he hasn't been available, I've been able to take the reins and lead. But then when we shift out of that season, I don't always return it back to him. And so I continue to do things without him because after all, like you didn't need to know like before. So what's the big deal if I didn't tell you about it now, you know, and it's not because I'm trying to be rude or take him for granted. It's just that I've gotten into a habit of when it comes to the kids and when it comes to caregiving and when it comes to managing our schedule, it, it, I do it all the time and I have to remember to include them in it. Yeah. Yeah. This is something I would say that I had to, um, learn to do, um, not even kind of like you're talking like, it wasn't the beginning. It was more in the middle of our mm-hmm. marriage. As I said, I've, I've been married 31 years. So in the middle, when the, when life was really busy with kids and there was lots of scheduling going on, um, I would just have my little to-dos and my agenda, and I would not really include Chris in it because I was too busy to. And yeah. that's when we started to um, have a family calendar, actually, mm. and um, and really try, try. Yeah, we have one of those really big calendars, and we used to have color-coded markers when we had a lot of kids doing a lot of different things and literally had to figure out how one was getting it, you know, one place and the other was getting another place at the same time. So... Um, that helped and going over our calendar like Sunday before the week came up was really helpful, but, um, definitely got into that sort of doing my own thing and then not really, um, not really checking in and letting Chris know that he was part of what we were doing too. Mm -hmm. And another thing that I found about taking my husband for granted was that I, you know, you really know that you've got a problem with it when you're doing a lot of complaining and fault finding in your husband. Mm-hmm. Um, even just now, my husband's renovating our house, and he had like basically given me a new beautiful ceiling, cathedral ceiling in our home. And the second I walked in, I was like, "Oh, that one piece looks really off." And it like he got so he was like, "I just like took days to do this," and mm-hmm. and I and it like hit me like, "Oh my gosh, I'm like complaining when most people don't have a husband who can even." build them a home, you know, and here I am going, Oh, it looks off. (laughs) And I totally felt like a jerk and realized I was taking him for granted. And I'm taking the gifts that he, that he brings to the table in our marriage and to our family for granted. And you know, that, that causes damage in your marriage. And so I take this, I try to take this a lot more seriously Mm -hmm. and be really careful about that. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, I'd like to be more intentional about letting my husband know the things that I appreciate about him. And just because they aren't things that come naturally to me or even sometimes are seemingly important to me, 
I need to recognize that he is loving us, he's taking care of us, and this is the way he does it. And to automatically assume that it's got to be exactly the way I want it in order to appreciate it is not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I know another thing that I can do in, in this area of taking my husband for granted is, you know, again, when things get busy, like we're just in the midst of moving. So there's a lot of tasks and a lot of to-do lists and a lot of, you know, communicating with different inspectors and um, realtors and all, just so much stuff going on. And um, I get to be a taskmaster. I get to be sort of like, okay, here's my list. Okay, now you've got to do this and you've got to do this and you've got to do this. And thank you very much. Okay, thank you. Bye. And it's very... Um, it's insulting, actually. Yeah. Um, it's demeaning, and and I don't necessarily appreciate when he's ticked off the six things that I wanted him to do on that particular day or in that particular hour. So I think that's another way I certainly can take my husband for granted, not Definitely. appreciating what he's doing, just getting, getting in get-her-done mode. And this one really says it all, this last one. Refuse to be the one who changes first. Noelle, yeah. go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, in any marriage, obviously there's going to be tension. You know, there's going to be times where you're going to be annoyed by maybe his personality flaw or little weird habits or I don't know. But I, I think that sometimes it could be like, well, I'm not going to change the things that I do until he changes the things he does. You know, mm-hmm. one of the things that I've said is, you know, you know, demand that he becomes Mr. Perfect or else I'm just going to remain Mrs. Psycho, you know, until Mm -hmm. he gets it right. (laughs) And um, for me, definitely, I've had to ask the Holy Spirit, you know, when our marriage has had tense moments, which it has, to show me what's in my heart, um, what are things that I can change to to improve our relationship. Mm -hmm. And that has been sometimes just being more encouraging, being less stressed out with my schedule, uh, being less insecure, you know, all those things we've kind of talked before, but I've had to ask the Lord to really show me like what's in me and, and ask and help me to, to make those changes. And I find, you know, that when I do, things do get better mm-hmm. and uh, not, you know, I'm not going to say that that's always the case, but I found that to be true in my own personal uh, journey in marriage and also you know we've we've reached out for help you know there's been times in our marriage where we've needed to get a counselor mm-hmm. and i'm i totally advocate that there's no shame in that it doesn't mean that your marriage is a failure um but we have gotten counselors to talk us through some really tough stuff that we've had to go through decisions you had to make um unique aspects of our family life and that means i need to i i have to be open to be to have someone challenge me. Yeah. Usually if some people don't want to go see a counselor, usually hoping all oh, the counselor's going to tell the husband, whoever, you know, how all things need to change. Mm-hmm. But really, actually, it's an opportunity for someone to objectively look and, and see how both of you can make changes that will bring you closer and on the same page. So, yeah, you can't, you got to be open mm-hmm. to change. Mm-hmm. It takes humility. It does take humility, and I think it's kind of that idea of why 
I think a lot of women feel this way. Why should I be the one to initiate? Um, And I think that women tend to be, aren't all, but a lot of women tend to be a little bit more relational. So they're the ones maybe thinking that first. Yes. And men can be thinking, well, I think our marriage is fine. Um, (laughs) I think what we're doing is great. And I remember years ago that, that scenario of me being like, I just... And I actually was talking to a counselor. Um, I just don't, why does it always have to be me who wants yeah. things to change? And she said something to me that has really stuck with me. Um, she said, you know, at the end of the day, when you, when you face the Lord at the end of your life, um, <laughs> you will not be able to look at your husband standing next to you and say, well, he was the one that was supposed to do this first. Why should I have had to do that? And her point was, if the Lord asks us and prompts our heart, to initiate a change in our marriage or a relationship fixer-upper or whatever it is, something to, um, to where we are required to go first. Yeah. It's like, get over it. Get over it and just do it. And yeah. humble ourselves, as you, as you said, it requires humility and um, sort of taking that one-down position yeah. um, and saying, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the thing that's hard, even though I don't want to, because I know that I'm being prompted to do it. And yeah. Yeah. So. Well, certainly I feel like if my husband would just do what he's supposed to do, it would be easier for me to do what <laughs> I'm supposed to do. So help me out here. And that yeah. is a huge thing to overcome yeah. where I conduct myself in a way that I know I'm supposed to when he's not. Mm-hmm. And it just is so, just sometimes so difficult. And sometimes I think that if I change if I'm more loving and more humble, then does that kind of put a sticker of approval on what he's doing? Am I letting him off the hook? Am she I, will, yeah. you know, am I saying yeah. that that doesn't matter to me the way you're behaving? Because, you know, but no, we are accountable for the way we're behaving. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. the difficult part about that is falling into our default way of protecting ourselves or dealing with what we're upset with. And that's really hard to break out of because it's, it's a habit. The way yeah. I respond to my husband when he's doing something that upsets me, I almost can't control it. I mean, of course, we know we can. There's stepping aside. There's praying about it. There's reminding ourselves of scripture that would tell us otherwise. But it is, it's, you know, a habit we have to break. And it's a habit yeah. I have to break. And so I need to change. I need to respond differently when he's doing something that upsets me because I can't wait for him to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's difficult, but it's definitely what God calls us to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus said that love is when you lay down your life for your friend. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, you know, love is when you kind of lay down your rights in your marriage. Mm-hmm. And that is very hard to do. And there's no way to do it unless you have the Holy Spirit helping you to make those choices. Um, mm-hmm. But there's been times where we've had these fights where I'm like, I am not going to let you win, you know. And, um, it, you know, it just, it doesn't do anything, you know. It no. just makes it worse. Right. So I've just, I mean, listen, I am not perfect anyways. Our marriage is not perfect. Um, we've we've definitely gone through stuff. and um, But we are super committed to... Um, making it work and loving each other through it. So I've just had to be committed to the fact that I need to change sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You first. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then think about it. It would make it would be easier for them to make better choices when right. we're making the better choices first. Just like right. we wish they would make them first. We'll think yeah. about what, what they could do if we yeah. were to honor and love them mm-hmm. first. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. in certain areas that we struggle with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So basically, Noelle, you talk about some things that we can do about these um, five ways to annoy our husbands. How do we avoid some of these traps? What are ways to break these annoying habits that we can fall into? I definitely think um, above all, your relationship with the Lord is 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 the foundation, mm-hmm. um, especially for discontentment and identity, you know, in regards to comparing yourself to others. Mm-hmm. I think you could be wise by, you know, having a very sensible schedule that honors every mm-hmm. family member. Yeah. yeah. And I think that you can be proactive and intentional in uh, communicating to your husband his worth in your relationship and the value he brings in it as opposed to taking it for granted and making sure you ha- you are uh, having conversations where you can discuss big decisions. I know I mentioned that before, but there's been so many times where I, I just been like, oh yeah, I decided that Silas is going to be doing this now. And he's like, what? Mm-hmm. Um, so we, I've, I need to be like, hey, you know, I'm about to make this decision. Are you cool with that? You know, mm-hmm. and it honors him. It shows respect mm-hmm. in that way. In any relationship, you could do that. And obviously choosing to be humble and to allow the Lord to do a bit of heart work is one way that you can combat being stubborn and wanting him to be the one that gets it all right, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but definitely I would say the the first place you start is your relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. and making, because the thing is our husbands are not meant to give us everything. Mm-hmm. That's the Lord's job. Mm-hmm. And I think the mistake I've made is I've thought to that Troy he's supposed to he's supposed to complete me, mm-hmm. but he's not. He's broken too, you know. So we get our completeness from from Jesus. And when I get that perspective, you know what? A lot of these things don't seem to happen as frequently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So true. Yeah. Well, I think this is a great post, and we're going to make sure that we have the link to this post in our show notes, because I think this is almost a list that you can print out and put in with your devotionals and with your Bible, and every once in a while, do a check-in with yourself and figure out, am I doing these things? How is our marriage doing? And is it because I'm doing these things? And how can I better serve the marriage by changing my attitudes in these areas? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Well, we're so glad that you wrote that post, Noelle. And thank you for walking us through each and every one of these. And that's it for this episode today. What you've heard here today can be found in the show notes. And if you subscribe to the newsletter at circlesoffaith.org, you'll get the show notes, additional content, and resources delivered right to your inbox. And we'd love to hear from you ladies in our Facebook community group. How are you and your husband the same? And how are you different? You can subscribe to us on iTunes so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, rate and review the show. Your comments go a long way in helping others find us. And you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter as Circles of Faith. Thanks for joining us today.